Today's TribCast is presented by the Communities Foundation of Texas. Contact giving experts at the Communities Foundation of Texas for tax-wise charitable giving solutions, to gift appreciated assets, or to set up a fund before year-end. Learn more at cftexas.org. And Methodist Healthcare Ministries, serving humanity to honor God. Join the mailing list at mhm.org. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, ah, gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are in Texas Jennifer Sarver, and I'm running for Congress. That's Jennifer with one N, Sarver, like email server, but with an A. If elected, I pledge not to harass any colleagues, constituents, staffers, or even members of the mainstream media. Now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw, for the last TribCast of 2017. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here on the 20th of December with your Texas Tribune TribCast, our weekly podcast on all things Texas politics and policy. I'm joined by our CEO, Evan Smith. I think for every podcast for the foreseeable future, all the people who do the intros should promise not to harass or molest anybody. What do you think? Is that Executive limit, editor is that limit, Ross Ramsey. Gonna, sure, why that's not? That's going to seriously limit the <laughs> people who come limit on the pool, well, No legislation. Yeah, well, yeah, well, so we'll keep out. a running list right. of people who wouldn't say that. It depends on what type of harassment we're talking about. Uh, we already introduced Ross Ramsey, reporter Patrick Spitek. <laughs> is, there is there the good kind? <laughs> should I leave? What's the good kind? Evan's general harassment of his I'm employees. I'm very nice most of the time. <laughs> and here with us this week. Here's your trouble right the here. The golden voice. He's back. Jay Root. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, talking uh, about yourself in the third person is the only thing that you didn't do that annoyed me, and now you've completed all of <laughs> I've run the table now. That's great. Uh, if you are joining us on Facebook or Twitter, you can send your year-end questions to us that way. Um, but let's are start. Are we doing predictions to, at the end of this tripcast? What do you want to predict? Who's the next person to? Who's the next media executive to go down over sexual harassment? I have we should revisit that. our predictions from last year's end yeah, of year trip. That cast. would have been a good. Do you some, recall some those, Junior? What did you recall? <laughs> Evan like had a couple I, that. What did you? What did you correctly predict? Yeah, Patrick. I, I correctly predicted. Yeah, if you're gonna brag, that, let's just yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I correctly predicted that Show your work. Abbott would have Greg Abbott would have to take a position on the bathroom bill, and that he couldn't skate the whole session without. Uh, That's a prediction? Yeah, at the time, it was a whole different he environment. He may not have then, skated, but he rollerbladed. <laughs> it was so risky when I did it. <laughs> the stakes were so high at the time. I know. I know. Patrick's, Patrick's predictions are like as careful as he can be. You're, you're like John Meacham. You sleep in a suit, don't you? You're like the most. Oh, like, look at who's talking about sleeping yeah. in a suit. No, I mean, he's, I know. seriously. Mr. Cargo Pants There's twice no a year. There's no let your hair down pedal. aspect to the Svitek experience, is there? I mean, that's your big prediction? All right. I think it, at the time it was a decent. It was a decent prediction. You obviously missed karaoke night. I did not get. A, no, I, I, the minute I saw them firing up the karaoke machine, I ran. I tripped over the security guard to get out of here so fast. <laughs> I was so. No, thank you. Yeah, I know. I did have one. Did editor you do say, it? Uh, no. Well, I did it a couple of weeks ago at Edgar Walters' holiday party. I had some. I had some choice songs. I heard Patrick did really well, actually. Did Patrick's you always do, like the takeaway. Just all these rap songs. Patrick well, raps. I, no, no, no. Watkins right. and I did smooth. By Santana, 
prominently featuring Rob, Rob Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, wow, this is taking an ugly did, turn. Uh, Jolie and I, and then we had some people join in. Did for uh, forgot about Dre. I hear Dr. there was Dre like some Eminem. some like baby got back, and some people afterward were like, "Oh God, I wonder in this environment if we shouldn't be doing <laughs> yeah. karaoke." Anybody who songs. did karaoke, baby got back, is now suspended for a week while we. There was some, there was some <laughs> appropriate <laughs> self-censoring well, throughout. Good some thing I and is currently in Bali, so he suspended himself. Todd, is there a video of Svitek karaoke? There's actually past. I think there, someone showed me some video of the, the smooth uh, rendition. Yeah. There. Anyway, do you think gotta, we should talk about Texas politics I need to and stay policy? Long when I, when I do apparently. karaoke, I have a sign on the door that says no social media, no yeah. video, none of that, because, like, you know, it's not fair. Yeah, like you, like, like there is any more room for you to embarrass yourself publicly. Oh, I was fine until they showed no. this picture of me singing Smoke on the Water. And then in the end of it was Jay's that, so yeah. talented at karaoke, he doesn't want to shame anyone else. It's not fair to the others. <laughs> All right, Jay, why don't you, uh, speaking of not fair to the others. And shame. You know, and shame. Why don't you talk to us about your story about former state rep, now facilities commission director Harvey Hildebrand. And can you start by telling us who Harvey Hildebrand is? How we got this job? Actually, one of the words that was thrown around about Harvey. Um, Harvey Hildebrand is a former state representative from Kerrville, um, and he took the reins as executive director at the Texas Facilities Commission. Which is what in, exactly? It's uh, the agency that oversees state office buildings, uh, maintenance, like the rats and HHS. The rats. That, you know, that's actually an interesting. The the, the rats. Part of it was an interesting offshoot because I did have some conversations about whether or not the fact that there was this rat infestation at HHSC in North Austin, which is one of the buildings that the Texas Facilities Commission is supposed to take care of, if that in any way was a result of some of the dysfunction. And as you might imagine, um, there was no consensus on that because they're all fine. You know, I said on KUT radio, and I need to correct myself, I said it was like high school. It's really like middle school over there just don't um, accuse any, anyone of being an elementary school girl which is the insult that most bothered me they, from they, the, they called Har the, the commission member referred to harvey hildebrand as a nine-year-old girl third, third grade third, third grade girl. girl right which i know a lot of really nice third grade girls that is not an, an insult, insult to all third grade why bring them third grade girls. Right. don't compare me to harvey hildebrand they're all what did i do <laughs> but anyway right, so okay, so outrageous harvey, yeah. so let, well, what let, did harvey hildebrand do okay well or not do let, let me start by, I thought you were going to ask me how I got onto this, because that's the oh way my you, God. Cancel you your two o'clock. <laughs> but no, there no, here was the interesting thing. Guys. I got this tip, and it said they're destroying records over there. He I'm keeps like, talking. What? Sing Eminem. Okay. And, and so <laughs> apparently, though, this is an interesting little offshoot as well. Wait, which where's is, the actual story? Can you start with the story before you tell us the offshoots? Okay. So the story is that Harvey Hildebrand... There's a lot of drama, let's put it that way, at the Texas Facilities Commission. Um, basically, there uh, is a lot of back and forth between Harvey and the chairman and other two other members of the commission. It started uh, in, on my uh, radar with the hiring of a COO, a, a, a chief operations officer, um, which was something that the commission wanted because they felt like Harvey, while he's good at um, politics and, and, and knows the politics of the state and can represent the agency well before the legislature, had zero experience running a large agency with a lot of employees and needed help. And Harvey pushed back and it just blew up. 
um, and um, they, you know, name calling. This is office politics on steroids. And, yeah, and documented in emails and text messages that you got your hands on. I mean, so on, like, honestly, right. I have, that's the thing about Jay about this story that I can't. Doesn't everybody know that if you put something in writing, that's really stupid. I mean, that's the part that I can't imagine, that these people were willing to do this. Well, one of the funniest messages in, in this, Jay and I were talking about this the other day, one of the funniest messages in here was this guy who said three or four times in the message, please delete this. Delete this, you delete this, destroy this, this immediately this. Destroy for it. your <laughs> eyes only. Burn right. <laughs> yeah. right. Like, like it's one of those so tapes put this from Mission in your burn Impossible, box, right? right? All yeah, of a sudden exactly. goes up in smoke every right. five right. seconds. No, and well, that, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want this to go out too widely because... Don't worry, no one listens to this podcast. It's great that there are people who don't destroy all their records immediately. Okay, they're I mean, not allowed to destroy their records. This, they, they are <laughs> because, <laughs> as we learned from the TEA controversy, um, a lot of these records have gotten destroyed because they have this thirty-day thing where it just destroys everything, and and the individual employees are not supposed right. to destroy records that would be uh, should be retained, but they do. Wasn't there a they controversy do. in the Perry administration about the? Every time, seven the days, time yeah, frame they, in which the emails right, were, and, and Abbott got great kudos for for going from seven days to thirty days. But the bottom line is, what happens after those thirty days is there's just this like delete everything thing, and and if the employee doesn't take the affirmative step of setting that email aside or that record aside and saying don't let the shredder come on this then it gets destroyed and so a lot of things get destroyed so i actually found that refreshing the fact that we got a lot of these emails apparently there are many more that are sitting at the ag's office waiting to be ruled upon you'll, you'll be the last reporter to well, get emails well from the but I, if but they I, gave <laughs> us the ones that said insecure insubordinate and shameful what's in the others well, I'm told there's some good stuff in the other ones. Um, so. <laughs> so that's bad stuff. Right. And it was Robert Thomas, who right. is the vice chair of the commission. No, he's the he's chairman chair of the, of the commission, commission who was right. at war. This is like one of your karaoke songs. It's Harvey Hildebrand featuring Rob Thomas, right? That's what yeah. it is. You like that? That's a pretty good joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Thomas, who is a former state representative candidate against Donna Howard in District right. 48. Right. And is... Um, is the husband of a of, of, of senior administrator at the UT system, I believe, right? Lawyer, yeah. Lawyer. Um, he was the instigator, effectively, of this. He and Hildebrand kind of... Right, and, and, and basically, you know, this... this uh, I, I actually think that some of the dysfunction might be uh, related to the fact that this board is appointed by the big three the speaker lieutenant governor and governor right, so obviously they don't no melt so the pro- between those right. Guys. Right. so all the stuff that didn't work at breakfast during the session right. doesn't work as their proxies either although you had two abbott appointed people on different sides but, but the interesting thing about hildebrand hildebrand was state representative for a long time then he peeled off and he ran for controller right right right, right. For, lost to glenn hager 14 right lost and it was a deal right. where they got they were about to get into a runoff but harvey just well yeah like it was 10 votes short of yeah hager hager came within and you know a hair of winning and, and hildebrand right. just said yeah and sure. then there was some discussion that hildebrand might get into the primary to succeed lamar smith since there are only 19 republicans why not an even 20 running for that seat right but right. hildebrand did not get in and he got appointed to the job at the facilities commission in that window between losing that election or between those elections and Abbott being sworn in. So he wasn't really signed off on by the governor's office. They kind of went right. um, from there. And but so, it, so what, is, what does this all end up meaning? Right. I mean, does he, is does, he, does he lose his job? Is this just, you know, people 
you know, well, the, gov- the governor's office, the, the governor's office did say they were, quote, concerned, very concerned, end quote, about what they're hearing at the Facilities Commission, which they heard way before I reported it, because among the emails that we found are communications between Robert Thomas and the governor's office in which he goes down a list and says, this is a high risk to the governor, you know, including some building projects beyond the drama that we've all heard of. There, there are, you know, questionable raises, or at least there, there were certainly people who raised question about some of the double-digit increases that people close to Harvey, raises that Harvey got. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of documentation about how Harvey was blocking the uh, auditors from doing their job, the internal auditors. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I really don't. I, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know what's going to happen. But, but the question going forward is: How does an agency, yeah, how does an agency that dysfunctional uh, undertake a really big um, real estate project? They're going to start building a bunch of office buildings between the Capitol and UT. In a in right, a, the Capitol. It's actually mall. sort of an interesting plan. It's Future big home underground of the Texas garage Tribune festival. I hope. Yeah, big mall, right? Yeah, Did big big underground parking thing, right. three office towers, and a lot of space. Yeah. And if your agency's not functioning and you're trying to build a bunch of real estate, that you know that it's could be a problematic. Ton of money. It's a billion dollar agency. They oversee a huge amounts of money for like they they got a ton of money for deferred maintenance and right. So there are and a lot it, of high profile. For rats what I stuff. liked about yeah. this was that Harvey Hildebrand's response to this, among other things, among up yours, Jay, was one of his responses, probably a thought bubble at least, was to blame Terry Keel. Right, who was the previous head of the Facilities Commission? That, the, that basically he was—it's like Trump Obamaing the administration. Yeah, the sealed three envelopes. Well, oh, it's the last guy. It's the last guy. You blame your predecessor, you blame the media, and then you was, prepare three envelopes. There was some. There was some uh, dysfunction that was attributed to Keel. Although Keel says that that was something that happened. You know that that the audit that happened that said all that was way after he had left, and he says it's right. much mm-hmm. ado about nothing. But. Well, that agency has had some issues. This is, we some, all this know. is some inside baseball stuff, yes. but it's pretty good. The yeah. Texas Tribune is uh, a great example of how you don't need to be functional to build a new office. <laughs> oh, my God. It works. We, all right. Is um, our Wi-Fi working yet? Ask Rodney. <laughs> all right. Just a quick reminder. Rodney's that still working here? If you're listening to this TribCast on iTunes, please take a second to review us and subscribe. Here's a recent review from KF2104. This is a great way to catch up on the week in Texas politics. The team does a fantastic job of making politics you interesting, fun, and <laughs> That's not Accessible. a real person. Who is Keep that? It sounds like a public work. school in Queens or something. Yes. Right. Uh, hey, I have a whole agenda of things for us to talk about, okay, but uh, but there are some questions on Facebook that are pretty good, so we may actually just pivot. We'll see which one of you is okay. ready for this. Jake asks, so what's up with Beau French, Charlie Guerin, and the Tarrant County Sheriff? We had a story about this this week, and I know one of you knows the answer to this question. Well, you know, this is a this is an old family fight. You know, this is the second time around for these guys. Yeah. Uh, the French family and the Guerins have known each other for a while, apparently, uh, the first time Beau French filed, it was like at the last minute and was kind of a surprise. He's from the very conservative end of the Republican pool. Garen's one of their regular targets. So that's the setup for this. And and um, the sniping back and forth in the first race got rather heated and started rather heated this time with Garen saying, you know, uh, he's pretending to be a sheriff. Look at this this post. And the other side saying... Garen's playing dirty baseball, and you know it's hard to tell if it's going to amount to anything. CPS call There's a CP. Some, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the first flashpoint in, in, in the race was days before uh, I think French filed or before he formally announced or entered the race, uh, filed a, a lawsuit alleging that a worker on Garen's campaign in 2016 
knowingly filed a false report of uh, child abuse with Child Protective Services. Against French's family or? Yeah, child yeah. abuse against right. against French and uh, and right. Garen said nobody, you know, I right. had nothing to do with Garen this. Garen denied knowing anything, anything about it until it. it was reported in the news, and he said that you know if that is true, it's terrible. I'd fire the person if I knew that they were doing that. Um, so that was kind of the the first flashpoint in the in the race, and then we had these law enforcement groups come out and draw attention to the to the fact that Beau French was behind this fake. Uh, Facebook account. Right. 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 Um, well, speaking of contested primaries, Patrick, why don't you fill us in on the latest on Blake Farenthold? We got some news <laughs> yeah. this morning. Is he or isn't Who? he? Yeah, Patrick, why don't you explain this very sure. straightforward and not yeah, confusing exactly. story? That's what he's here for, Evan. Yeah. So, so the news is as of right now, he's not set to appear on the primary ballot in Texas's 27th congressional district. Uh, but if we rewind a lot, <laughs> we go back about a week ago, he's facing all these allegations of, of sexual harassment and, and creating a hostile work environment in his office. And? And he... And, well, <laughs> what did he call his aides? Say it. Oh, fucktards. Okay, right? good. Yeah, we have to, we have to censor that. You say that on the yeah, TripCast. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's I mean, great. I made you know. Patrick curse. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. It's a little Christmas present to myself. As Todd referenced. should have been there for karaoke. That's, I think that's Evan's favorite, so. that's Evan's favorite insult, yeah. too. Yeah. No, no, no. I've never called anybody a fucktard, but I have enjoyed yeah. like a fine wine saying fucktard for the last two weeks. So telling the story over and over. No at least we're done with Barton. No one is surprised by this. It's a great story. That's the best part. So Farenthold announces on Thursday that he's not going to run for re-election in 2018, but he had already filed to run for re-election uh, by the December 11th deadline. That was that Monday, and he had also missed the deadline the next day, December 12th, to withdraw from the ballot. And so even though he announced he's not running again, it was looking like his name was going to be locked in to appear on the primary ballot. Uh, on Friday, a day after he announced he's not uh, running again, the Texas Republican Party sued the Secretary of State trying to keep um, sued them to keep Farenthold's name off the oh. primary ballot. Uh, and their argument, uh, in a nutshell, was Farenthold came to us, albeit late, uh, and said he doesn't want to be on the primary ballot. We don't want him on the primary ballot. We Lord knows we, we don't want him on the primary ballot. <laughs> we have a, you know, we yeah. have a constitutional right to freedom of association that says we don't have to associate with a candidate who doesn't want to associate with us. That was their, their argument. Whatever, wow, CC Rob Morrow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, whatever, whatever you think of it. And so there was a hearing... Uh, Tuesday morning in Austin in federal court where the Secretary of State's office or, or a lawyer representing the state said, look, the Secretary of State's office has no enforcement authority over this. We can't compel the Texas GOP to put Farenthold's name on the ballot. And so basically it was kind of anticlimactic. Uh, the state party moved to drop the lawsuit. The, the state had no objection and the lawsuit was dismissed. So at the bottom of this, there's a law that's not enforceable. Uh, at least by the Secretary of State's Or being enforced. That's office. the question I right. had with Patrick this right. morning. If they thought that they had to sue because they didn't have the – they couldn't summarily say without going to get anybody's permission. And scratch. Right. To scratch yeah. his name off. They thought, we can't do this. We have to sue. Right. They sue. They don't get the answer they want in the lawsuit. And then they go and they do it anyway. Right. And so the, the, right? Next, the next step in yeah. this is that both the, the state parties had until – Tuesday, end of uh, close of business on Tuesday to basically finalize their list of all primary candidates and, and finalize it for the Secretary of State's office. So the Texas Republican Party, after all this, just decides not to submit. Leave Farron him off. Yeah, yeah, leave him off, basically. And so right now he's not set to appear on the primary ballot, um, but there is certainly potential um, in the lead up to the, the March 6th primary for there to be a, a additional legal trouble for the state party because what they've effectively done is they've, you know, they've left off a can, they've left off the ballot 
a candidate who filed to run for re-election. Right. I mean, like, what, the are the, to what are the repercussions for this, like, with other future candidates or other candidates sure, who say, like, I filed a, to the right. wrong place or right. I, you know, well, what, 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 which is another... What if Al Franken were running on the ballot as a Democrat in Texas and withdrew... Right. And the Democratic Party said we're going to take his name off the ballot. The Republican Party of Texas would be screaming. Well, that was actually hell. my question. Who in this Blake Farenthal deal, if anybody, is openly saying, "Oh no, leave him on the ballot"? Yeah, could the right. could the Democratic Party like intervene in the lawsuit? But maybe they wouldn't. But maybe they wouldn't want yeah. to because this could come back around and bite them in the ass the sure. next time around. Yeah. You know, when right. they want to do the, it. The, the, the Chris Gober, who is representing the the Texas Republican Party in this case, spoke with reporters outside the the courthouse on Tuesday morning after the hearing, and was asked a little bit about what the p- potential legal challenges down the road could look like. Right. And he said, you know, obviously someone would have to have standing. He suggested it could be a fellow Republican primary candidate or maybe a, a voter in that district. Um, he, you know, obviously he represents the Republican Party. He, he may have an interest in brushing off this question, but he seemed to suggest that the Texas Democratic Party so would not define, have standing. Define the Republican Party voter, because this is also a conversation that we had earlier. If I'm the Democratic Party of Nueces County, right, and I want to F with the Republicans, I get all my guys to cross over and vote for Blake Farenthal in the primary, get him on the ballot, and then run against him as this disgrace. Well, that's the guy you'd like to run against. Right. right. So define in the case of a situation, as is the case in Texas, where you can vote in whichever party you want in the primary. What's a Republican primary voter mean? Yeah. It could be a Democrat who chooses to vote a Republican in the Republican primary voter so under Texas law. A Republican primary voter is a registered voter who votes in the Republican primary. That's the whole definition. Does it have to, they have to have voted to, previously? No, no. If you choose to vote in that primary, so it's Democrat an open primary. It's County, an open so primary state. I was looking state. forward to voting for Pajama Johnson right. you know, yeah. in yeah. that primary. And so right. I'm. that's it. I, mean, I think it's just going to come down to, you know, this is a this is a safely Republican seat. Um, and it's just a matter of who's going to want to take the time and energy in the in the next over the next two months to turn this into a uh, you know a, a further legal battle. You agree that it's a safely Republican seat? What is the, the you know I think are the numbers? Yeah, I, I I think it is. Yeah, you know I did it. Uh, Democrats represented this. You know, if you look at in our if you look at the results in the right? 2014 and 2016 races, this has been in the Republican column. It's not one of the districts that um, Clinton beat Trump in. Um, right. You know, I think it's pretty safe Republican territory unless you've got, you know, this is the Alabama Sharp story, data. unless you've right. got a, a candidate who is, you know, terrible. Right. And, right. and you know, that'd be the Democratic interest here. Blake Farenthold would probably be a terrible candidate for and the And if it ends up being Beck Bruin or somebody else, then they've basically taken the sharp object off the table. Right. Yep. Right. All right, well, just a reminder, if you are watching on Facebook or on Twitter, you can send your questions our way. Um, Evan, why don't you tell us the latest with Bill McRaven, uh, the UT system chancellor who uh, announced basically that he is um, not going to continue on at the university. This was a a surprise. It came up late Friday. Patrick and I were out doing something, and we were kind of caught off guard by the news that the chancellor had told the regents in a private communication, which then was made public, that he intended to step down as chancellor in May. He had been uh, operating under a contract, which, if I recall, is unusual for somebody in that job. Not unprecedented, but unusual. Typically, the chancellor does not have a contract. Had it been a contract from the beginning? It was like a three-year contract. So, So that, I mean, this is all important for this reason, that there was a discussion when I interviewed McRaven in the early part of 2017, there was already a discussion of whether McRaven would seek to renew his contract with the system or if the system would seek to renew its contract with McRaven because there have been some tensions. 
not like the tensions of the last set of regents and the chancellor. But quite a bit of tension in but recent tension. months. Tension over spending, tension over the Houston land acquisition, uh, uh, tension over the building of this $100 million building downtown Austin, mm. some tension, tension over the Tension around the expenditures, the, around the endowment. The puff right. money, all this. I mean, Chancellor pushes back on that stuff and right. pushed back when I talked to him, and they've pushed back against two different things that we've reported mm -hmm. as it relates to the use of the puff money. First, the story that Matthew Watkins and Nina Satija did, and then the Reveal podcast in which they participated that more recently talked about that issue in a broader sense. But, 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 there was some discussion of McRaven continuing by the end of this year without a contract. In fact, I think we reported Just going that there was a decision a that McRaven right. would continue as Chancellor but would do so without a contract. And then all of a sudden, boom, he said, I'm going to step down in May. Right, it is known that he yeah. is uh, battling some health Leukemia. issues. Leukemia. Well, he right. has he has an, an issue that has had him in uh, the care of MD Anderson, I believe. Right. Um, he said that his direct quote is, there's going to be a lot of speculation, but the fact is this is a very personal decision for me. Right. And then he pointed to his own health. While I mean, he sort of said, I am not seriously ill, but this has to do with my health. Well, is, I mean, you know, you know yeah. yep. a couple different ways that can be taken. Um, look, it provides an opportunity for Greg Abbott to make, through his appointed regents and his new appointed chair of the region, Sarah Martinez-Tucker, um, a very significant uh, appointment. Uh, this is not just any job. It's, it's not just job. any university yeah. administration job. It is the person who sits at the top of the pyramid at one of the biggest and most iconic public university systems in the country. Um, being the chancellor of the UT system is not like being the chancellor of just any university system. Well, is that still true? It I is mean, still yeah, true. I mean, you know, does everybody who might be looking at this job around the country look at it and go, look well, at what happened to that guy? They were able to get Tom Herman. I mean, the, fa the fact is you could say the same thing about the football program. Well, it used to be this big legendary thing and it's fallen on hard yeah, times. Yeah, but no. football's football. I mean, I, this is, this I, is I like, you this know, is do you want to risk your career on UT? I think and it's weird regents job. and it's politics. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think this is a job that, that a lot of people, I don't want to say just anybody, but a lot of people would really love to be in competition for. McRaven was also paid more, I believe, than any university administrator in the country. I mean, he came in with so much fanfare, you know, obviously given his, his seal his history. Star, right? he, yeah, it's rock star His status. origin story, like they say in the comic book movies, was right. pretty good. But how long, I mean, how does this compare? Like, how long was Sigaroa? Uh, Sigro was not in any job for just three years. I believe right. Sigro was in a job longer than three years. I mean, right. three years does not seem like a very It'll long time. It'll be three tenure. and a half years by the time it's done. Um, look, for, for so, here's, so here's a couple of uh, a couple of thoughts about this. And Watkins, Matthew Watkins, who has been our higher ed reporter, is now handing the baton off to Shannon Najmabadi to be the higher ed reporter as he goes off to something else. Watkins is still the best sourced and the most knowledgeable higher ed guy in the building. Watkins uh, and I were talking about, well, let's who could conceivably succeed McGraven? I said, Joe Strauss has got nothing going on. What about Joe Strauss? Well, probably not. Hmm. I mean, Strauss would be an interesting choice. If you think about the Sharp model. He'd have to step down and run for governor in four years. He, Strauss? Strauss would, yeah. Patrick made it a little funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was good. Um, uh, Stra the problem with Strauss, really, I think Strauss wants to live in Austin. Also, right. would Abbott? And would the Senate confirmation hearings of Strauss not be right. a delight uh, if right. that actually right. happened? It would be hell. A delight. Um, Kay Hutchison, if Kay Hutchison were, were not uh, Trump's UN ambassador to NATO, or U.S. Ambassador to NATO, pardon me, would be an interesting potential choice. Well, former head of the X's, such alumnus a of the university, administrative job, a woman Oof. chancellor, uh, a well-known brand, somebody who could fundraise, and you know, I actually think she might be interested. Has UT had a female chancellor? Has not. Is that a Woo! confirmation job? That's not a That's gubernatorial bad. appointment, is it? A regent, 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 regent hire. Yeah. Regents have to. They hire don't members. go in front of the Senate. 
No, I'm making, I'm making a yeah. joke about Sprouse. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Colin. Okay, so, so then I thought Sarah Martinez Tucker, who is the former CEO of the Hispanic Scholarship Fund and is actually a quite significant figure in her own right out in the world, who is now the chair of the Regents, would, under normal circumstances, I think, be a very interesting chancellor candidate. Hispanic woman, it's like the, it's like the total Abbott political... She, she's a, I mean, she's a close Abbott ally already. Close right? Abbott ally, you know, very prominent, you know, serious academic and higher ed cred, serious fundraising cred, not a sharp object on the table as far as these things go. But Watkins had the best idea. The University of Houston. Watkins said, oh, you're, oh Renew Couture? Right. Watkins said, Tony Garza. Hmm. What an interesting idea Tony Garza would be as chancellor. Again, former head of the X's, right. prominent alumnus of the university, distinguished alumnus of the university. You know, the UT's relationship as an entity with Mexico is very much on the uptick. Mm -hmm. They see that as a big strategic priority. Um, I mean, there's a lot about Tony Garza that would be an interesting, would make him an interesting potential choice. You can but consider what, what that this is Evan's prediction for 2018. Hell, no, I'm predicting that Abbott's going to come out against bathroom bill. Like I'm, I'm just going to right. be like Svitek. That's my my. He's going to come out against it. Twenty eighteen. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, we only have a couple my, minutes my left. Write, write that down. For For against. Um, so I'm going to ask a question that we have on Facebook or Twitter coming in from Ash, who says, "I'm wondering if y'all are hearing any Me Too stories on the Republican side of the Texas legislature." I've seen that there's this Democratic burn book. We're seeing some action around it now. I'm wondering. What's if a burn book? You know, it's like this list circulating with Democratic politics. Okay. Yeah. You know, she's wondering if there have been or are we hearing those kinds of stories on the Republican side or have most of the big sort of names been circulating quietly so far? Democrats. Ross, what do you think? I think there are some names circulating, but, you know, we've been really careful with names. And, you know, when do you name somebody and, you know, what does it take? We don't have anything that, you know, I would put anybody's name on it, but there's some Republican names on the list. Do you think the press has been too slow to approach this subject? In terms of the specific, you know, there's there's two things here. I mean, you know, this starts For, as Forrest Wilder from the Texas Observer yeah. after who Boris also Miles, has a, yeah. after the Boris Miles and Carlos Uresti allegations were made by Olivia Messer in the Daily Beast. Forrest Wilder got on Twitter and said, you know, you know, basically something to the effect of, why is the press, which surely had to have known about this stuff before, not adequately gone after these guys or adequately reported it? Will the press? accept its responsibility and not having pursued this He has a publication, Chirp or Get Off the Perch. Right. I mean, that's well, the simple answer to that. I, mean, I would just say a lot of the, the worst stories that have come out so far have candidly not been stories that I had ever heard before. And I've been in and around the Texas right. legislature for, you know, 10, 11 years now. I mean, a lot of these stories, you know, involved low-level staffers or interns in some right. of these offices that, that... You're talking specifically about Oresti and Miles or other stuff? Yeah, yes. The, I mean, the, the stories You've that never I've heard seen, that stuff. Had you heard that stuff? The, the, the Boris Miles story, you know, that one where he's yelling out of the car or whatever, I mean, uh, with the money, right. I'd never heard that story before. And maybe some he, other... Of course he denies that, right? Well, maybe some other journalists have heard that story. That, that I well, mean, that's the thing. I mean, to in order to put something like this, to publish something like this, you have to have a pretty solid set of accusations and a pretty visible set of accusers and you have to you know this is you're messing with reputations i do think and a lot of women are getting more comfortable in this environment about coming forward and telling these stories and that that is so valuable mm -hmm. and, and is allowing us to finally and know, as they do we're going to hear more out of the texas right. capitol i think we're going to hear a lot about staffers i think we're going to hear a lot about chiefs of staff past and present and um, not, not just of, members as victims or as harassers yes <laughs> los dos yep jay do you heard any of this stuff 
I mean, you know, you hear things, but just because you hear things doesn't mean that they're stories, number one. And number two, it's it's very easy to sit back and judge somebody when a story comes out to judge somebody and say, you know, you should have had this. But, you know, we have our process. Um, we're going through it very carefully. Um and you know we'll see what that produces but you know do you hear rumors at the capitol yeah yeah i mean i hear rumors about all kinds of people but a rumor does not a story make we understand that olivia messer is continuing on her end we're working on and she's done a terrific job on this stuff she did it in an initial story when she was at the observer i think Mm -hmm. Um, yeah from i mean from firsthand experience several several years ago and yeah she's done a terrific job Um, we'll have her on stage so just quick plug for our event january 9th we're having a me too in the texas legislature event uh, here in austin featuring olivia um, our reporter alexa ura we'll have wendy davis uh, donna howard ina minjares and joan huffman Huffman. so it should be that should be a really good event it's i think almost at capacity so if you haven't signed up and you want to attend you might as well get moving on that one so all right uh, well that's all the time we have if you like listening to the Tribcast every week please do us a favor and leave us a review on itunes those ratings help us reach more listeners like you and if you value the tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom please consider making a donation at support.texastribune.org thanks to shiny ribs for our music and on behalf of evan ross patrick jay and our producers todd and julia and today is julia's very last day thank uh, you julia bye julia this is emily thanks for listening Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking, baby. Texas talking. Texas baby. Jay sounds like the host of a relationship show on AM radio, doesn't he? It's nine o'clock, and you're listening to the Root Check. <laughs>